dog in your life is thinking? Well, join me, Liz Murdoch, animal communicator, talking with the dogs and finding out what dogs want people in their lives to know and understand. I've spent my life talking and listening to animals. So if you consider yourself a dog person or just happen to have a dog, I'm here to help you learn how to talk or listen to the dogs in your life. I chat with people too, sharing stories and tips on exactly how animal communication or being a dog whisperer makes an impact at home or when working with the dogs. So welcome to Talking with the Dogs podcast, a place where we uncover exactly what dogs want us to know and celebrate that every dog has a story. Hi, I'm Liz Murdoch, talking with the dogs and helping dog people learn how to better understand and connect with the dog or dogs in their life. I've been communicating with animals and dogs since I was a kid, about six years old when I got my first puppy. I had wanted that dog so badly because I remember in kindergarten when it was share your pet day and this little girl brought her dog in. It was a standard gray poodle to class and its nails were painted purple. They were lavender purple and they were decorated like that to match the bow around the dog's ear. And I somehow knew that dog wanted to be more than just a show dog that, or just show off its nails. And I wanted a dog. I remember going home to my mom going, mom, I really want a dog. I was the only one, which I probably wasn't the only one, but it felt like it, that I was the only one that didn't have a pet and I just needed to have a dog. So I wanted that dog because I wanted to be able to have a dog that could just be a dog and not necessarily, for me, paint its nails purple, although I've come to accept that with other people. And so now I'm just happy to talk with the other dogs. So that's a little bit about me. I got started as an animal communicator by doing dog training with my own dog. The puppy that I got when I was six, we did dog training and it came very naturally for me that somehow we ended up at the county fair with a blue ribbon competing against all adults. And everyone was amazed and like, that's so great. And I was just like, I was just doing what I do every day with my dog. So later as an adult, I trained my next dog and we got certified. It was my black lab, Sam, as pet partners. And we worked as an animal assisted therapy team, spending hours at a local rehabilitation center, working with doctors, physical therapists, nurses, and patients who were recovering from major physical traumas like head injuries or strokes. And Sam and I would do our assignments given to us by the physical therapy and the specialist who were instructing us what to do with each patient. It varied. Some people would have to stand for five minutes. Some people would have to just brush the dog. But in working with Sam, I realized one day, wow, I can look at my dog and I figured out there were about 15 different things I could tell that he might be communicating with me, whether it was he has to go to the bathroom, he's tired, he's done, he's hungry, he wants to go over there and say hi to somebody. I could just tell by looking at him what he wanted. And I, I remember thinking, wow, is that is that normal? But that was about it. And I just loved doing that. We also, Sam and I, visited children at a local hospital. And it was there that I further learned to follow his lead when we would have to get out of the way. Sometimes he would anticipate 
uh, situations where we needed to move or he would want to spend time longer with a child, I could tell again by looking at him, I would get a knowing sense that, oh, this is what Sam wants to do. So I ended up getting into dog communication by studying it, reading books, and I volunteered with a rescue. When Sam passed away, it was time for our family to get a new dog after we had spent many months grieving. My family was ready for a new dog. And I said, well, why don't we start by fostering and see how we feel about having a new dog in our house. And that worked out great. We ended up keeping two of our fosters. We became foster failures, which was fine because I love those dogs and we still have them and they were meant to be in our family, but I knew we couldn't take any more in. So I volunteered. I said, what can I do to help your organization? i love my dogs. I love how you work. And what can I do? I'd like to give back to your group. So they asked me to work as an, if I could go evaluate some dogs for them that were coming in to needing homes. So I went and I started writing prolifically. I kept writing, oh, this dog wants this. I think this dog would like to be in a home where somebody works at home and he can sit underneath the man's foot and, or this dog would like to do a lot of running. And it was just from, you know, a short time with the dog, I would have this great sense of what the dog was looking for in a new home. And the people who ran the rescue found it incredibly helpful because they were able to place these dogs so much faster because they would match it to what the dog I had sort of downloaded from the dog in these writings that I would do. I did that. And then I moved to Southern California and missed working with the dogs. Many people, when they move, they miss their homes, they miss their friends, all of which I did. But I was like grieving, missing with the dogs, even though I had my own dogs, I thought I need to work with dogs somehow. So I signed up for an animal communication class and kept reading books and the doors just sort of opened and I ended up becoming an animal communicator. So how does it start? How does animal communication work? People ask me, what do I do as a dog whisperer? So the first thing that it starts with is me getting sort of centered in myself. And uh, some of you might be familiar with the term grounded and my feet on the ground. And I can just sort of feel that I'm all aligned in my body and everything else that I might be thinking about is just sort of pushed to the side. And I'm very, very, very present in a moment. And I first learned that when I was in a very bad car accident and the people helping me recover from that car accident taught me about um, healing and listening to my body and knowing when I was ready to walk further than I could or how much if I wasn't ready to, if I needed more sleep, just to really listen to what my body was telling me. And that's how the healing process for me worked. And as I got healthy and moved on with my life and didn't have to just be going to physical therapy for me, I learned that that tool of listening to my body could be also used when I am intuitive about animals. And if I become fully present, like when I'm listening to myself, some people meditate, I can meditate with an animal and know what it's thinking. I remember walking into a fish store one time as I started practicing this with animals and I was like, oh my gosh, the fish talk too. So it starts with getting centered. And when I meet an animal, I 
get permission. And if the animal has a person in its life, a family, I always do it with the permission of that dog person and include them. I get general information from the dog person. I want to know the age of the animal. There's certain just facts that I like to know. And then I look in the animal's eyes and just allow the information to flow. It's sort of that life force that I tune into with the animal and I invite it to talk to me. And then it flows. It's like telepathy. I see pictures from an animal. I I once saw a dog in a convertible and I said to its person, I said, I see this dog, your dog really likes convertible rides. And I never told it. I still have never told anyone else that, but this particular lady, and it turned out she said that, yes, she and her dog go on convertible rides every day. And when they can, they go to the beach and he loves it. And I just had this image of this convertible. And so I see images, I get taste in my mouth sometimes of what the animal really likes. I get a knowing sense that no, it's green. It's spinach. No, it's chicken. No, it's not the chicken's green, but you get the idea. I hope that I get a sense of when I have it right. So I'm just scribbling in my journal when I usually do it and just writing down what I'm getting. And then sometimes I circle it. If an animal has a really strong opinion about something, I circle the word. Uh, I hear a voice talking to me sometimes. I hear that's very clear and they're sort of different. It's not like different people's voices. It's a different voice for the animal. And some are very adamant about what they say and some are passive, but I've never met an animal that didn't talk to me. I met some that are done or don't want to talk about a particular subject. That's for sure. Especially like going to to the vet is a big one. Some of them like it. They're very fond of the certain doctors or technicians, but others, they really don't want to go to the vet. One of them once asked me, can you just have find someone who comes to the house? So that's fun when I get the personalities of the animals and very specific information. And that's what makes it rewarding with the dog people that I can be so specific. It's like a gift sharing it to them and validating that this animal communication stuff isn't just woo-woo. Some people say, oh, it's just woo-woo fluff here. Prove it to me. But when I can tell them things, there's no way I would, I would know then without the dog telling me or an animal, I talk to animals, other animals too. But when I can share something that there's no way I would have known, it's very satisfying because then it's not about just being right. It's that if I can tell a person that your dog would really rather be in the bedroom when people come over, it's intimidating, then maybe the owners will respect the animal's wishes and they will have a more harmonious environment for them and the dog. So what else can I tell you? It's fun to do this also because sometimes a dog doesn't want to talk about something. I've had dogs tell me that they don't want to share certain information because they respect their owner's privacy. And it doesn't happen very often. It's happened twice where the dog didn't want to tell me certain things. I get that. They want to talk about what they really don't like in hopes that the owner like won't take them on the bumpy car rides. We'll put them in the crate. That comes up a lot. I also know when a dog is done, they will frequently get up and walk away. Or once when I was talking with the bird, it I said, oh, I'm just getting the sense that she's done. And then the do- the bird, it was a phone call, went, uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. And I said, oh gosh, she's really done. And then the phone went dead. 
So that was fun when I get those situations. My favorite part is the listening to the animals and finding out what a particular dog might want its person to know, because that's always a surprise and it's always different. So why do I do this? People ask me that a lot. I do this because I love talking with the dogs and their people. And it always shows me that really listening is what's important to a dog, as quiet as they may be frequently and patient and all those things that make them so wonderful that when we can listen to them and be open and pleasantly surprised that it really does transform relationships, even with the dogs and it can contribute to overall improvement in the dog's life and pet life and home life. And my hope is that if more people start talking and listening to the dogs in their life, maybe it'll be easier for some people to share their life with the dog. And I mean, in that way, because no one sets out to get a dog and then think, you know, one day I'm just going to find my dog a new home, or if it's too much work or if it costs too much, I'm just going to take it to an animal shelter when it gets old. I just, I not, I don't think anyone thinks that way, but we have animal shelters that are overflowing with dogs that need homes or that they end up euthanized. And I believe, and I've seen with my clients and in their dog stories, that once people understand that they can make adjustments here and there based on what their dog is saying, that they will have a happier pet and sometimes a healthier pet. It can just make such a huge difference. And so I just sharing this podcast in hopes that you'll listen to some of my chats and interviews and maybe even besides being entertained or educated or something better to pass the time because you like dogs, that you might even start talking or listening with your animals and with the dogs in your life. So thanks for joining me. Thanks for tuning in to Talking with the Dogs. Hope today's episode made you want to understand your own dog better and appreciate that every dog has a story and something to say. Subscribe now for more dog stories and insights into animal communication and what it's like to be a dog whisperer. Review this episode on Apple Podcasts or follow Talking with the Dogs on Instagram or Facebook and sign up for a chance for you and your dog to be a guest on the show. Whatever you do, I hope you'll spend time talking with the dogs. Talking with the dogs.